Today, uh, I get to announce to you somebody that really doesn't need uh, uh, an announcement. He's not, he's not a guest anymore. He's <laughs> been here oh, for a on. little over a year, him and his uh, uh, wife, Rachel, and their three daughters. Pastor Daniel is going to come. Come on up, Pastor right. Daniel. And he's got a message for us today. So yeah. sit up, get ready. I know that he's going to challenge each and every one of us. As long as his electric device doesn't lose the battery charge. Because, you know, here we have the young guy and the old guy. You can figure out which is which. One of us uses electronic devices and the other one uses, you know, paper. And I'm like, I'm like what are you going to be doing up here if your electric device shuts down on you? So paper's <clears throat> trialed and, and true and solid and good. Electronic, I couldn't even read that. <laughs> hey, you, Daniel, you want to preach? <laughs> we are blessed to have you today and look thank forward you. to what God has for us. Thank you, thank you. Well, I like to say it, so I'm going to say it. Welcome to the Bridge Church, reaching people like you. Um, I had an intro in here, but Pastor Jay just kind of stole it. So, um, But yeah, if you guys don't know me, um, by the way, thank you, worship team. Stevie leading us in worship. Right? Some of you were like, hey, you're not up there today. And I was like, I know. And they got this. And it's nice to uh, once in a while, you know, it's always a battle uh, of uh, when you're leading worship to worship, but to also, you know, be thinking about the music and what you're doing. Um, and it's once in, a, once in a while, it's great to take a break from that and just not have to worry about the technical uh, stuff of it. So thank you guys. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm Pastor Daniel. Um, some of you know me, some of you don't. I was just meeting some new, new people this morning. Um, I try and be available before service as much as possible, but I am running around sometimes trying to, to make sure everything's ready. Um, so that's not always 100% possible. I try my best. Um, and, uh, but I will be available. I'm always hanging out after service, um, always. So um, if I haven't met you, like come up and say hi. Um, I'd love to get to meet you. Uh, I'm the worship and associate pastor. Uh, what does that mean, right? Well, worship is fairly self-explanatory, so I help uh, coordinate all the worship uh, and usually, like I said, lead worship. And then associate pastor means that basically um, I do everything that the senior pastor doesn't want to do. So <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we joke. Amen. We joke, but there is always that line in just about any job description, no matter where you go, that says what? And other duties as required. That's me. <laughs> so it's good. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's only been a month or so um, since I preached. So um, not a whole lot has happened. Uh, by the way, if you haven't already, Lisa, I called it. Um, Bridge students, if you haven't left already, um, you're welcome to go up to youth group. Looks like they're all gone. All right. See, I missed it again. I'm supposed to start with that, and I never do. Um, but yeah, not much has changed uh, for me personally. My personal life is pretty normal. Um, we did get a puppy a few weeks, about two weeks ago. Yeah. She's an adorable little, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> My kids couldn't be more ecstatic, of course. Uh, we named her Carmel for her color. Um, she's an Australian Shepherd Labrador, or Osador, 
which I think sounds really cool, like a transformer or something, an Osador. Um, she's cute. She eats. She sleeps. She poops. It's a real, real rough life we've given her. Um, I've had, so anyone else, uh, how many dog owners do we have in the building? Okay, so uh, you've had people tell you that it's a lot, you know, I don't have any kids, but I have a dog. And it's the same thing. <laughs> to which all the parents roll their eyes and they're like, no, it's not. It's not even close to the same thing. And I've never owned a dog. Uh, this, is, this is my first dog. And I've had kids for almost 10 years now. Um, my oldest is going to be 10 this year. <laughs> um, double digits, yeah. But I've never owned a dog. So with that in mind, my perspective is that, yes, owning a dog actually is a lot like taking care of a child, um, except with the dog, I can throw it outside or lock it in a crate when I don't like what she's doing. <laughs> That's frowned upon with children. Except the dog will eat literally anything I give her, whereas my kids, I have to, like, bribe them and twist their arms to eat even a bite of a sandwich. Or except that, you know, I can't really put my kids on a leash without getting a few stares, right? Uh, except that when the dog throws up, she cleans it up herself by eating it again. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll stop. <laughs> that actually happened already, too. So I, I had written this sermon, and then she did that a few days ago. I'm like, I'm putting it in. So... My point to all of this, though, is if I've seemed tired the last two weeks, now you know why. Um, she's adorable, but, um, you know, it's kind of cool, though. She, like I said, I've never owned a dog, but she's kind of already part of the family, you know what I mean? Like, the, she took to the kids really well, and um, she especially sticks to my wife, Rachel, um, since they didn't have any boy puppies left. We got a girl. As Pastor Jay mentioned, I have three daughters, so I'm highly outnumbered, and what do we do? We add another girl to the family, but it's all good. I, I brought her home from the farm um, when no one else was home, so she was kind of scared. It was a new place, so she kind of attached to me for a little bit, um, so that was good, but anyway, um, that's all that's new with me is, is puppy fun and everything that ensues with that. So <laughs> I'm going to open in prayer. God, uh, just thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone that's here. Um, Lord, thank you for a beautiful day. Thank you for worship. Thank you for this place where we can come and worship you freely, that we can give you all the glory. God, you deserve all of the glory and all of the honor. Uh, please be with me. Use me. Uh, use my words, God. Uh, that people might hear about your love and how much you care about us. We just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, the scripture uh, basis for my message today is in Matthew 18. So if you want to turn there, that would be awesome. Or click there, um, whatever electronic device you might use, or paper. Pastor Jay's pulling out a paper Bible. It's awesome. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, I know some of you are saying, come on, really, Daniel? Like, hello, get with the times. I can just download a Bible for free on my phone. That's great. I encourage you to do that, by the way, if that's, that's your fancy. But uh, um, first of all, not everyone owns a smartphone. I don't know why they call them smart. Uh, and uh, I know I'm going to let you in on a little secret um, that not everyone likes to use them. <laughs> so if you don't have a Bible, 
By the way, if you don't like electronic devices and you don't have a Bible, uh, come talk to me or Pastor Jay. We will get you a Bible for free. We don't even charge for them. It's pretty awesome. It's a good deal. Uh, price can't be beat. Um, and don't be embarrassed by that. If you don't have a Bible and you want a Bible, come talk to us. We will, we will get you a Bible because we want to get a Bible in your hands. Because, so. um, you know, smartphones are stupid, but we have to use them. So, you know, have you noticed? My, I just had to buy my wife a new phone because her old one just suddenly died. It was no reason. Uh, you notice how misleading smartphone deals are nowadays? They're all just so phony. All right. Just making sure you're awake. I had to Google that one <laughs> on my smartphone. <laughs> but if you're old school, um, if you just like to read a real book in your hands, you know, I, I like having one too. So see, this is my backup if, if my tablet fails. So there you go. Um, but anyway, Matthew 18, uh, I'm going to read from verse, starting in verse 12. It says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about the one sheep, uh, about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any one of these little ones should perish. How many have heard this one before? A couple of you? It's a good story, isn't it? Uh, it's one of, one of my favorite Bible passages. You know, it's funny though, because I was thinking back, like when I was a kid, I didn't think much about this passage because it's like, sure, you know, God comes looking for you. Um, but once he's found you, I mean, you're pretty much on your own. You just need to read your Bible, pray every day, go to church most Sundays. Uh, and if he's not too happy with that, uh, with how you're doing, you still might go to hell because you're not good enough. Right? No! <laughs> okay? I, I truly am sorry if you've ever been to a church that taught grace and mercy but then judged, you, judged your salvation on your day-to-day -day actions. That's not what God is about. We all sin and we all fall short of the glory of God. 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, uh, he who's uh, faithful and just will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, I've met people who think they are good people, right? Have you met these people? There's a lot of them, so you probably have. If you ever get talking about uh, what's, what's going to happen, you know, after, after life, what happens after death, and they're like, well, I've, been a, I've basically been a good person, and I mostly do a good job. Um, but nobody's perfect. And being good doesn't get you into heaven, by the way. Um, only... Only being perfect does. And perfect people don't exist. Except Jesus. He is the perfect example. He was the perfect human being who was also, by the way, fully God. And we can't wrap our heads around that. And I would love to sit down because we can just go about that all day long. Of Jesus is fully God and fully man. But he was perfect. So the next time someone makes the comment that there are no perfect people in the world, you can tell them, actually, there is one. I know who he is. I've met him. His name's Jesus. Can I tell you about him? There's your lead-in right there. <laughs> that was a freebie. But we need to confess our sins. God is merciful and loving and a faithful God. He's faithful. It's pretty awesome. He forgives us our sins and my sins uh, when we ask for forgiveness. You know, God just kind of 
purifies us of all the gunk and all of the junk uh, that pull, and he just, you know, I like the picture of him just pulling me out of mud and cleaning me off. So, but let's get real though. Let's get, let's get practical. I mean, what do you do after he cleans you up? I don't know about the rest of you, but, you know, after I prayed for Jesus to come into my life and asked him to forgive my sins, I've been purified ever since, and I've been able to go about my life perfectly and make perfect decisions, and I say the perfect thing every time, and I've never messed up since that day ever. No. (laughs) My wife's sitting here in the front row. She can tell you that none of that is true. I still mess up. I still have tough times in life. Life hasn't been perfect since I prayed to Jesus for the first time either, church. Um, And I could tell you, I could stand up here for hours telling stories, but I'll let you go. Don't worry. Um, I still don't always make the right decisions or say the right things. Um, Some of us were uh, in the discovery class this morning, which, by the way, got me like super pumped up. But one of the things uh, Pastor Jay said was he wears his heart on his sleeve and sometimes sticks his foot in his mouth. We are two peas in a pod. (laughs) I do the same thing. But it kind of gives you that feeling. Anyone else ever, you know, think back to a time I prayed for that, I prayed to Jesus. I prayed, you know, forgive me of my sins, God. Jesus, come into my heart, you know, start start working on me and cleaning me out. And then I go and mess up. And that just kind of gives that feeling of, did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? Did I not ask Jesus hard enough or ask for enough forgiveness? Did I mess that up? Asking for forgiveness doesn't make you a perfect person. (laughs) Amen? (laughs) It starts a process of reconciliation. Reconciliation. Whoa. That's That's a big churchy word. It's your word of the day. All right, you know the word of the day calendars. This, is, this can be your word of the day. Reconciliation, it's defined this way, and I love this. Reconciliation is restoration of friendly relations. Restoration of friendly relations. It's only four words. It's a pretty easy one to remember. You can even try saying it. Restoration of friendly relations. See, you've got a word of the day, and you've got a definition. This is awesome. I like this definition because it paints a pretty clear picture, for me anyway, um, of what God is doing in my life. Restoring friendly relations. Jesus keeps coming back, right? In Matthew, he's chasing after the lost sheep that wandered off. He just keeps coming back and he wants to make friendly relations with mankind. So, When uh, Jesus here is saying that he will come after us, he's pursuing us. He's chasing after us. If I don't put my dog Carmel on a leash, she's probably going to run away. And I'm going to have to chase after her. Then she'll probably get hungry and come back, but that's not the point. Although, actually, we could go dive deep, right? (laughs) Maybe that is the point. We do wander back to God. But she'd probably come back hungry. I have to chase after her, and God chases after you, and God chased after me, and he's still chasing after me, if we want to get real technical on the verbiage there. Jesus says we wander away. There's a sheep that just wandered off. I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but just think, anybody wandered from God? Right here. 
But Jesus is chasing after you. Jesus is chasing after you. Some of you are sitting in here going, yeah, but not me, Pastor Daniel. You're talking to everybody else. No, I'm talking to you. Jesus is chasing after you. God in the flesh wants to restore friendly relations with you. And he's not far off. He's not missing. All you have to do is turn around and he's going to be right there. Quick story. A couple had two little boys uh, ages 8 and 10, who were excessively mischievous. I just like that definition because I have a brother. Anyway, the two, <laughs> we weren't that bad. The two were always getting into trouble, and their parents could, uh, could be assured that if any mischief occurred in their town, their two young sons were in some way involved. The parents were at their wit's end. <laughs> What's a wit? Wit's end. Uh, as to what to do with their son's behavior, the mother had heard that a clergyman in town had been successful in disciplining the children in the past. She asked her husband if he thought they should send the boys to speak with the pastor, and the husband said, well, we might as well. We need to do something before I really lose my temper. <laughs> the pastor agreed to speak with the boys, but asked to see them individually. So the youngest goes first. The eight-year-old boy went in first, and the clergyman sat the boy down, and he asked him sternly, where is God? The boy made no response, so the pastor repeated the question in an even sterner tone. Where is God? Again, the boy, silent, made no attempt to answer. So the clergyman raised his voice and even more and shook his finger in the boy's face. Where is God? The little boy got scared, and he runs out, he runs home and he locks himself in his closet and his older brother follows him and he comes in and he says, what happened? The younger brother replied, we are in big trouble this time. God is missing and they think we did it. <laughs> God is not missing, church. It's a joke. God is not missing. God is right here with us today. God is always chasing after us. We wander a lot. <laughs> God is always chasing after us and just waiting, us, uh, waiting for us to turn to him. For the first time or the millionth time, it, it doesn't matter. God is so happy over finding the one uh, and bringing them back into the fold, into the kingdom of God. So reconciliation. When we reconcile with God, um, when we start that reconciliation process, and it really kind of is a process, um, we're no longer the same. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. We could stop right there. Amen. <laughs> All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's a lot of reconciling. <laughs> that's uh, that's four, four reconciliations in just about two verses. We get it, Paul. Calm down. Jeez. You ever have someone repeat something over and over again? My kids. Oh my gosh. Please, please. I mean, more like, they do like, daddy, daddy, daddy. Or mommy. Mommy, 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 mommy. Is that too real? Are you all right? 
<laughs> or even my dog already has this thing down where when she wants something, she's whining, you know. It's actually kind of cute, but anyway, don't tell her that. <laughs> so Paul's really emphasizing reconciliation here uh, to the Corinthians uh, and to us. God wants to restore friendly relations. And I love that, never, uh, that God never gives up pursuing us. Amen? He doesn't give up, church. Again, somebody might be sitting in here going, yeah, everybody else, but he's given up on me. No, he hasn't. He has not given up on you. He never gives up on you. God's joyful when he finds the lost one. I mean, the Bible's talk about the angels rejoicing in heaven uh, when, when someone turns to God and he's just smiling down on him. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Can I tell another story? Are you guys bored yet? Wake up. <laughs> I like this story. It was uh, in a devotional of mine a few weeks ago, and I, I saved it because I'm like, I'm going to need that. And uh, it just, it fits. So um, there's a story of a king in Africa who had a close friend. This friend had a habit of looking at all the situations that occur in his life, both positive and negative, with the words, this is a good thing. How many of you know an optimist who's annoying? <laughs> Only a few. Okay. I've known a lot, I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe I attract them or something. Like bees. <clears throat> anyway, one day the king and his friend went hunting. His friend prepared the rifle for the king, but apparently he made a mistake when preparing the rifle because after the king took the rifle from his friend and fired, the shot exploded and uh, hit the king's finger. Seeing the situation, the friend, as usual, said, this is a good thing. And the king answered, no, it's not. <laughs> this is not a good thing. And then he put his friend in jail. That's not the end of the story. It's all right. Calm down. About one year later, the king was hunting again in an area that he knew he probably shouldn't have visited. Cannibals captured the king and took him to their village. They tied his hands, piled some wood, installed a stake, and then tied the king to the stake. But when they approached to light the fire on the wood, they realized that the king had lost his thumb. Because they believed in superstition, they released the king and let him go, because they did not want to eat someone who was not whole. I didn't know this about cannibals, by the way. I don't know a lot about cannibals. <laughs> when the king returned home, he remembered the event that had caused him to lose his thumb and felt guilty for the treatment of his friend. He went to prison to talk to his friend, and he said, you were right. It was, good, it was a good thing to lose my thumb. And then the king told the incident that he had just experienced. So I'm sorry for sending you to prison for so long. I am so evil to have done this. No, answered the friend. This is a good thing. <laughs> what do you mean this is a good thing, the king said. How is it possible that sending a friend to prison is a good thing? Because, the friend said, if I wasn't in prison, I would have gone with the king. <laughs> but the king reconciled with his friend. This is a good thing. You can say it. This is a good thing. Why is it good? Because God does not want even one sheep to be lost. When one sinner turns to God, when one sinner gives their heart to the Lord, when one sinner invites Jesus into their life and asks him to change them from the inside out, 
God rejoices and is happy. We should be having parties over lost souls. I'm just saying, and I like parties, so like to eat. <laughs> we can't celebrate it enough. And we should, but I think part of the reason is some people are kind of embarrassed uh, the first time they do this. On the surface, it might sound a little ridiculous, but just hear me out here. If someone, especially an adult, because I don't think there's any kids in here, we dismiss them and Lord bless our teachers for dealing with our children for an hour, amen. <laughs> like I said, I have three, so. <laughs> but when, a, when someone, especially an adult, gets saved, and by saved I mean they, they have prayed to accept Jesus into their heart um, and ask for forgiveness of their sins, um, there's a part of us that just doesn't want to be judged for taking too long doesn't matter if you're 25 or you're 85. Um, some people are just afraid of being judged for, wow, I'm whatever, I'm 50 years old and I'm just now accepting Jesus. People are going to wonder why it took me so long or they're going to think, oh, you were a fraud before. Can I just say as a pastor that I don't care how old you are? <laughs> I don't care how long it may have taken or how many times you may have heard the gospel of salvation and rejected it. I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care about that stuff. And I'm not going to judge you for how many times you screwed up. I, I don't care about that stuff. If you've come to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life and asked him to forgive your sins, you're a new creation. That's it. We don't care about your past anymore. This church doesn't judge people on their past, by the way. Maybe you've been to one that has. I know I've visited a few. They do exist. Again, I'm sorry. Christians aren't perfect, but we don't do that here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you're a new creation. Out with the old, forget about it. And in with the new, which I say it's party time. <laughs> I believe, you know, we can celebrate salvations like we celebrate baptisms. How, how many of you have been to a baptism service here at the Bridge Church? There's some, there's some hooting and some hollering. Woo! Yeah! It's a party, church. And it should be. Baptisms are awesome. We might be doing some more in the future. So uh, if you want to get baptized, come, come talk to, to one of us and we'll, we'll set that up because we love having that party. But, you know, that's what heaven's like when, when someone turns to God. And so I just say, let's start the party early here on earth. Amen? Amen. <laughs> You're just going along with me, aren't you? <laughs> what about, this is the question that seems to be on a lot of people's minds, is what about those who turn to Jesus and then something happens down the road and they fall away? They wander off. Jesus said they're going to wander off. There's a sheep wandering around somewhere. First of all, I would encourage you not to wander. I mean, that seems kind of obvious, but, um, you know, we all do our best not to wander, but we're still going to mess up. I'm the first one to admit it. Hi, I'm Pastor Daniel, and I've wandered off like a dumb sheep. <clears throat> we wander where we're not supposed to go all the time, and whenever... Um, I feel myself straying or need some encouragement, I turn to a passage that Pastor Jay did not look at my sermon notes. I kid you not. Colossians 2. <laughs> God works in pretty awesome ways. So for those of you who missed it, 
just a few minutes ago, um, we'll put up on the screen again, uh, starting in verse 6, it says, So then, just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Put that on your bathroom mirror or on a sticker in your car. It's a, it's a good one to see every day. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. How, how did you receive Christ Jesus as Lord? When we turned to God. He was chasing after us. God is always right there. I don't know who needs to hear that, but God is always right there. I just finished reading a pretty interesting book, and one of the things that it was very heavy on is God is always right there next to you when you're doing good things and when you're doing bad things. And that's not to guilt trip you, by the way. It just means that Jesus never leaves you, even when you mess up, even when you sin. He's always right there. He's always chasing after us, and we just have to turn around. Remember the first time, if you're, if you're a born-again believer, do you remember the first time you, you prayed and you asked Jesus to come into your life and to forgive you of your sins? If you're a born-again believer, you should remember that and, and recall it often. And if, if you're, you know, for some of us, it's a little bit farther back <laughs> than memory gets a little shady or whatever, write it down. Put it in as a journal entry and make it the journal entry um, because we should remember it often and we can remember it in reading this verse. So uh, when Paul says continue to live in him, he's encouraging you, don't wander off. <laughs> Paul wanted to help people stick with it. Don't veer away from God, but be rooted and built up in him. Asking Jesus for salvation isn't a one-time thing you do in your life and then you go about your business. I know that's an unpopular opinion with our culture uh, a lot of times. They want to just get the forgiveness and then keep going off and doing what they're doing. But it's the beginning of a relationship and that's the most important part is that it's a relationship. People ask me a lot, how do, how do you know if you ask Jesus into your life and into your heart, like how do you, how do you know it's real? And I just ask, answer a question with a question and say, if you have done that, how has your life changed since you prayed? It doesn't necessarily have to be something drastically changing overnight. Um, I know we're all looking for that kind of experience and, and it does happen. Don't, don't get me wrong. God can radically change someone overnight. It does happen didn't happen with me. So it doesn't have to happen every time. If you, if you prayed to ask Jesus into your heart and then you wake up the next day and you don't really feel any different, it doesn't mean you did it wrong, okay? But slowly over time, not drastically, but slowly over time, my life changed. And I, I did notice a, a slight difference the next day. For me, I was, a, I was a middle schooler and I felt lost. I felt very alone. Uh, even though I had lots of friends. And the next day I woke up and I just didn't quite feel so alone. That was the change. That was the change for me. But if you've asked Jesus to come into your life and truly begin to reconcile with him, your life is going to change. Uh, it really is. Um, 
if it doesn't change, maybe you weren't so much inviting Jesus in as maybe you were asking him to give you forgiveness and just leave it at the doorstep, right? If I put in an order online, which I'm trying to get away from for uh, various reasons, <laughs> if I place an order online, they don't come into my house and give me the package. Although I guess there is like some like smart pads and, and you can put in one-time codes for delivery men and people let whoever into their garage so they can leave a package, like nothing bad's gonna happen from there. Anyway, you can do what you want, but I don't think that's a good idea. Um, no, they, they leave it on the doorstep and they don't even knock anymore. Can you believe this? I got a package just the other day and I heard, all I heard was a box being put off at my doorstep because I was sitting right near it in my living room. I heard them put the box down. They don't even knock anymore. They send you a notification on your phone. <laughs> You get a push notification, usually hours later, it's not instantaneous, at least for me, that your package has arrived <laughs> and you can go outside and get it. Because um, I have my smartphone on me 24 hours a day, by the way. I'm a millennial, so I have to. If you haven't gotten it by now, I'm not a fan of smartphones, but necessary evil, I guess. <laughs> but I also, I don't invite the mail carrier in to give me my package. I want them to just leave it at the doorstep. Perhaps you don't want to go to hell, but you don't want to miss out on the sinful party life here on earth and don't really want to change. I've met people like that. Forgiveness of sins isn't a package that Jesus can just leave on your doorstep, church. Forgiveness is part of a relationship. Forgiveness is part of a relationship with Jesus. There's just no other way. 1 Corinthians 10.21, and this is the message version, which is a paraphrase, um, which I just really liked. This just really popped out to me, um, the way it was phrased. It says, you can't have it both ways. Banqueting with the master one day and slumming with demons the next. <laughs> okay, Paul. Besides, the master won't put up with it. He wants us all or nothing. If you want forgiveness without a relationship, then you don't really want forgiveness. I know this is a little deep, <laughs> but I think it's one of the major problems uh, in our society today when it comes to Jesus. They like the idea of forgiveness. They want it, like I said, being left on a doorstep uh, so they can take it and open it and use it when they want. Uh, but they don't want the relationship. Back to Colossians, uh, he said that uh, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Paul's encouraging us to be disciples. And discipleship is just, discipleship is just learning about Jesus. That's all it is. It's becoming a follower, a student. Jesus was the perfect teacher. He's the master. And so we are becoming just a follower and a student of Jesus. Because um, the more we learn about Jesus, um, about how awesome he is, really, uh, how much he loves us, the more our faith will grow. Because um, faith is a tough one. We have to believe in, uh, we have to have it to believe in God. Um, but it can be strengthened by learning about Jesus, praying to him, reading scripture, being in community with other believers. I'm, I'm more strengthened. Like I said, I, I, I sat in on the discovery class. I'm pumped. Like, let's go. <laughs> I, 
uh, being strengthened by other believers. Um, that's one of the ways that really builds my faith. Hearing people's testimonies, uh, that's another one. I, you know, uh, hearing what God is doing today is basically what, what that is. Kind of goes back to the whole party thing, right? <laughs> At least with, with me. And overflowing with thankfulness. I can hear the kids overflowing with thankfulness right now. It's so awesome to hear them. I don't care. They don't bug me because partially because some of them are mine. But no, it's, it's awesome to hear. Overflowing with thankfulness. We should uh, always have thankfulness in our hearts for what Jesus has done. Uh, I'm grateful uh, and I'm thankful that God is not only willing but joyful in wanting to restore friendly relations with me. And when I exercise this, when I'm, when I'm grateful and thankful with salvation on the mind, how, how do you think like your outward appearance to other people is? Do you think, you know, if I'm, if I'm thankful and joyful, am I, you know, slunched over all the time, hunched over, slunched? That's not a word hunched over all the time and just kind of downcast and distraught and hey what's new with you oh nothing Jesus loves me I guess <laughs> it's pretty cool he's pretty awesome you should check him out sometime yeah you want a relationship with him too because look at me no <laughs> there are tough days I'm not saying I'm 100% happy all the time but when I'm in my mind, when I'm focused on God and I'm grateful and thankful for his salvation, joy is contagious. You ever been around an optimist? Oh my gosh, these people are crazy. I'm pessimistically optimistic. <laughs> but your joy is contagious. This is a good thing, right? <laughs> I can hear all the optimists shouting from the rooftops. <laughs> But I want to close today with this. If you hear nothing else, I want to close with this. Jesus loves you. Read Matthew 18 again. Jesus loves you. Pastor Daniel, I know you're talking to the church, but you're not talking to me. I'm the one who he doesn't come after. No. Jesus loves you. God is chasing after you. He's never left you. He's never left you. He's right there just waiting for you to turn around. God wants to reconcile with you. God wants to restore friendly relations with you. Your Father in heaven is not willing that any one of these little ones should perish. We're all sheep. I'm a sheep. We're, we all wander. I wander. I'm the first to admit it. And I'm a pastor. Okay, that didn't get the reaction I was going for. <laughs> we do. We all wander. But God is always there. And don't just ask for the gift of forgiveness, but ask Jesus to come into your life. Start a relationship with him. And you don't need to do anything ahead of time to ask Jesus into your life. I know people, oh, I'll invite Jesus into my life when I'm done having fun, doing the bad things that I know are bad. People know they're bad. That's the thing that gets me. I'm like, you know you're messing up. <clears throat> when I'm done 
I'll, I'll invite Jesus into my life when I've given up alcohol, or I'll invite Jesus into my life when I stop swearing, or I'll invite Jesus in when I'm able to go to church, when I'm going to church more consistently and not just twice a year, not just a Christmas and Easter Christian. You don't have to do any of those things to start a relationship with Jesus. Honestly, it'll be easier for you to work on those kinds of things with Jesus in your life. So start a relationship with him before you get cleaned up. He's there to clean up the gunk and the junk. But this is the choice we all have to make. Do you want to create restoration of friendly relations with God? Pray. Don't just ask God for forgiveness, but ask him into your life as well. And maybe you're wandering like a lost sheep right now. Maybe you wandered in here. Stop and turn around right now because God's right there. God's chasing after you and he's right there. And maybe if you've reconciled with God before or not, but we all need to restore friendly relations with God. We all get caught up in something. Uh, it could be even something good, but it just becomes something that is so time-consuming uh, that it's taking away time with God and taking away the place of God in your life. Whether that be money or relationships or I don't want to go there today and I didn't on purpose, but politics, that's a big one in recent months or sports, or music, or social media, whatever. But we need to get back to what's most important. We need to get back to what's most important. Like I said, some of those things are good. But they should never take time or focus away from God. Because God wants to restore friendly relations with you. God wants to restore friendly relations with you. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you are right here with us. Holy Spirit, move in this place, God. I thank you that you want to restore friendly relations with each and every one of us. Here in this room, watching online, God, you chase after us. You leave the 99 to go after the one. We just thank you for that. I thank you for the gift of salvation. I thank you that, oh God, thinking back on my life, how many times have I wandered? Definitely more than once. God, I thank you that though we may wander a dozen times, a hundred times, a million times away from you, God, that you always chase after us. You never give up on us, God. God, I pray that salvation would just fill this place, God. Whether we've prayed to ask you into our lives a hundred times or never, God, that you would come be with us once again. God, I just thank you and praise you. Be with us this day and this week, God. 
Help us to go about life and see people the way you see them, God. That they're worth chasing after. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.